Heavenly Father, we thank you and we love you this morning because, Lord, it is only because of you that we've come to this place. Come to this place of salvation and come to this place of knowledge of who you are and what you've done for us. And, Lord, what we're about to do to receive your word this morning, I pray that you would challenge us this morning, not only to be hearers of the word, but to become doers of your word. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, Amen. Would you take your Bibles in hand with me and turn to the book of Psalm 127. Psalm 127. And uh, this morning I'm going to finish the Ten Promises uh, for our children's salvation. The Ten Promises. And uh, I'm going to be covering the last five today. Amen? And if you miss some of them, you can go and uh, uh, get a copy of them. Amen? From our, our crew. But I'm going to be also telling you of our brand new website, amen? Next week, we're going to be telling you about our brand new website that's on the web, and uh, you can go to it, amen? And all the sermons will be on there, so you can listen to them, download them, take them with you, amen? Encourage yourself in the Word, all right? And uh, I think, uh, Phyllis, how many, hit, how many hits have we already had already? 3,000, all right, amen, yes, praise God, well over 3,000, is that, is that a, a total for since it's been up, right, okay, so that's good, and we haven't even told you it's up yet, amen, but we're going to have an official launching of our website, amen, so um, be ready, and we're, and we're going to have Sister Phyllis come and explain a, uh, all the different directions on it and everything, so it's going to be exciting. Promise number five, we want to find here in Psalm 127, in verses three and five. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are, re are, they are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Promise number five for your children, they will have authority over the enemy at the gates. Your children will have authority over the enemy at the gates. Let's say a word of prayer for the word. Father, we thank you for this word. Let it penetrate our hearts and our understanding of what you're doing and what you're challenging us with for the salvation of our children, Lord. We pray that many are coming home already. Many have already made that commitment to come back, Lord, and you're dealing with many, Lord. Bring them from afar. Bring them from near. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. This is a wonderful psalm, and I'll tell you why. Because it was written by King David to his young boy Solomon. And originally, um, as it was written, it was not written as a, as a piece of literature or a poem. It was written as a song to be sung. Imagine that, Marty. It was a song that David would sing to Solomon. You are a gift from God. Can you imagine? Could you hear? Could you hear the the the, the tune coming to mind? I, I I don't know what how how they would sing it, but just that opening phrase: "Children are a gift from the Lord." 
Hello, somebody. I was watching a show the other day, and and, and this. Well, I won't even I won't even dignify it. But this is a statement that was on David's heart to his son. Children are not an accident. Are not something that you did one night when you were not in your right mind. But David says, singing as a song, children are a gift from the Lord, and they are a reward from Him. So you can say to the devil this morning, you cannot have my kids or my grandchildren, because God's Word says they are a gift, a heritage from the Lord. God says they are His reward. They don't belong only to you. They belong to Jesus. They don't belong to the world. They belong to Jesus and they're His reward. Children are born to a young man, verse 4 says, like an arrow in a warrior's hand. This is why he wants you to... This is why you and I need to understand God wants to use your children. See, when he says they uh, born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. What, what, why does a warrior have arrows? He's going to use those arrows to attack the enemy, to push back the, 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 the advances of, of the enemy, to annihilate that enemy. And the Bible says that God has a plan for your children to be used by Him. Come on, give God the glory and the praise this morning. Verse 5 says, how joyful is the man. Now, that we need to, we need to understand that sometimes our children don't bring us joy. Sometimes they bring us gray hairs. Or in my case, white hairs. They bring us... Uh, they, but, but you need to check yourself and say, you know what? Yes, they are a joy. No matter how little or how old they become, they're still the joy of my heart. When you think of them, you need to think, thank you, Lord, first of all. And yes, they are a joy to me. Yes, oh, the, 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 they make me laugh. They make me cry. They make me uh, 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 a parent. You thought you said they're going to make you fall apart, right? But they make you a parent with a plan from God. I am the one that have been blessed by these Gifts from God, and they are in my hand, not to be taken away from church, taken away from God, taken away from the plans of God, but they are to be with an open hand to God and say, Lord, use my children as you so have planned. Oh, my friend, that little boy you have in the, in the Sunday school right now, God has a plan for him. That little girl that's over there being taught of God right now, there is a plan for them. Don't hold them back, but have joy that your quiver is full. And some of you have a lot of full quivers. Hello. This is an awesome promise. It says that our children will command the enemies at the gate. 
In other words, they will have authority over the power of the enemy in that place of authority. Where it seems that the enemy has put up a stronghold, your children are going to be used by God to have power and authority. And that place of authority is at the gate. They're going to not allow that enemy to come in. The promise says that our children will command the enemies and have power over Satan. Power in the gate. When it comes to the enemies, they're going to have the power in this life and the next life. So when you you pray, say, Father, you promise that my children are going to have power over the enemy. Not the other way around. Where they are bound to the enemy, so that's not God's promise. Prayer turns things around. Remember in John 16... Jesus said, in that day you will no longer ask of me anything, but verily I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. He says, use my name. Gives you the key to unlock it. When you come to the Father, because it is the Father, it is Papa God that says, Yes or no. But when you come in Jesus' name and say, Lord, the promise is in your word. And through your son of his sacrifice on the cross and rose from the dead and all that he accomplished for me. He is my mediator. He is my lawyer. He is the one that represents me. So when I come to you, Papa, I'm not representing myself. It is Jesus that is representing me and my family. Jesus says you've got to pray and you've got to ask in my name. That's the first thing that you do. But as you pray, begin to remind God of the promises for your children. Lift your hands right now and say, Lord, I'm reminding you. The promises for my children. Amen. You see, my friend, prayer turns things around. See, it's good to hear this message. It's good to write notes. It's good to uh, go on the on the uh, 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 on the website later and hear the message again. But it's better to put it into action. It's better to be a doer. Say, I will pray for my children by name. I will write their name by these promises that when I come back into prayer, I have ten promises that I can go over and and believe God for my children and things will turn around. But as you pray again, begin to remind God of his promises. Promise number six. He says in Isaiah 49 verse 17. Soon your descendants will come back and all who are trying to destroy them, you will they will go away. Promise number six, the destroyers in their lives are about to leave. Oh, somebody's receiving it right now. The destroyers in the life of your children and your grandchildren, your nieces and your nephews, your godsons and goddaughters is about to leave today because Isaiah 49, 17 promises that. Your descendants will soon will come back and all who are trying to destroy you will go away. 
Those who had tried to destroy your children's life are about to leave because of this promise. As you pray this promise, as you open up your heart to God in prayer and say, Lord, destroy the destroyer over my children's life. Make him leave now. Make those devils and demons and minions leave right now. Those who have tried to destroy their lives. Some of you parents that have grown children, the devil has tried to destroy those older children. Every parent has struggles with their children. And sometimes the devil will attack them and make you think there is no hope. But this is when you have to hang on to the promise of God and pray the promise. Believe the promise. Never give up on the promise. Even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the attack, hang on to God and keep His Word to be true. Somebody has to hear this Word today. Somebody is in a desperate need to hear this power-packed Word. It says that the harasser, the ones that have come with a... Say, uh, with the sole purpose of destroying your children's lives, are about to leave. Devil has it out for your children. Has it out for your children's children. Now, he ain't messing around. He's not playing games. The Bible says he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And the, the, the Bible also says the adulterous spirit is after the precious life. That's the children. So let's all come in agreement today. Right now. This will not happen unless we name the name of Christ. And we come in agreement and say, in Jesus' name, devil, I Bind you in the name of the Master over my children and leave immediately right now. Don't we sing that song? Satan, pick up your weapons and flee, right? How's it go? I command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord, to pick up your weapons and flee. Get out of here. Get out of my home. Get out of my car. Get out of where my children play. Get out of where the school they go to. Get out of where the babysitter. If the babysitter is Holy Ghost, that's all right. <laughs> Promise number seven. Isaiah 49, 25. But the Lord says the captives of warriors will be released and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I, the Lord, will fight those who fight you and will save your children. Promise number seven. God will fight the enemy and save your children. Now, there are some devils that just won't leave because you say, in the name of Jesus. Jesus has to come down and send his angels and fight for them. And there's a war in the heavenlies. See, anything that is worth, there's always a fight behind it. Can I get an amen? There's always a fight behind anything that's worth. See? Chewy, uh, Chewy and, uh, uh, and Michelle, you went to the 
a trip the other day, right, with the kids. And I saw the pictures on Facebook. I said, oh, man, they didn't invite me. I'd love to go. But, you, but other than that, the point was, is he looking at me? Don't jump me in the parking lot. You're big, I know. But listen, listen, yeah, we're going to Hawaii, amen. You ain't going with me, though, yeah, amen. But the point is, this beautiful family, I was thinking, Joey's papa wasn't around too much, was he? No. Your papa wasn't around too much. Your precious mom was. Oh, my God. Most godly woman I've ever known. Other than my mom. And my wife. I better... Yeah, I better not get in trouble here. And I saw the pictures. And I was so moved. Because the Lord was showing me. He was showing me that, that what wonderful memories you're making for them. For, for uh, uh, little Jacob and, 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 and uh, little Michelle. Madison. But, I mean, come on, right? It's a mini-me, anyways. A little Madison. And the, the, the pictures they posted, their faces were aglow and just so happy. And, 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 and these parents are, despite what happened to them, they're not taking the curses of the generation and saying, you know what, I'm, I, I, I'm going to be absent and I'm going to just live for myself. And I'm, I'm going to do... No, they said, you know what, we're going to learn from it, but we won't repeat it. Lift your hands and say, I'm not repeating the failures. Because the Lord will fight the enemy and save my children. So I am going to stand in the gap as a parent and I'm going to change my, my, my behavior and my, and my motivation and, and how, I, how I interact with my children now. Because they are a gift from God. I'm going to sing it every day. Oh, you're a gift from God. Lorraine, I'm going to wake you up every morning like that, sweetheart. Knock on our door. Gift from God. Wake up. Right. Ray, I challenge you. I challenge you, Ray. Where, where's his wife? She went home. Okay. Amen. No, she didn't go home. She's just working out there. I challenge you. Go into Shuggy's room. You're a gift from God. And close the door. Right? right. Huh? You're a gift from God. And you're a joy. You're an arrow in my hand because God wants to use you. And yes, there's some enemies after you, but uh-uh. The battle is not yours, mijo or mija or son or daughter or darling or sweetheart or sunshine or whatever you call them. Gordo, I mean, any, anyways, yeah. And even if they're in the teens and the young adults, 
And they, they think they know it all. But that's all right. Because they are, the, they are the apple of God's eye. You love them. And that's why God has promised. God loves them more than we do. That's why He puts these promises. I'm going to take care of them. No matter what condition they're in right now. No matter what they're facing right now. And when I saw those photographs, I just rejoiced. I said, oh my God, look at this couple. You know, they're, they're making memories with their children that are going to last a lifetime. They're going to remember, man, my dad was the best dad. He was the best. At your funeral. He was the best dad. <laughs> yeah, right. Big old long coffin. He was the best dad. And that's just for the base. That <laughs> goes with you, right? <laughs> yeah. He was the best dad. And Madison, he's all right. Right with her hand on her hip like that. He had a little pose. But oh my God. As they're raising up, I hate every devil and demon that tries to come against them. I hate that devil. Say that with me. We hate that devil who comes against my kids. In Jesus' name. Hate you, devil. Can't have them. Let me finish. God will fight the enemy and save your children. This is a direct quote from the lips of God. Look at how, how Isaiah writes it. The Lord says... It wasn't Isaiah saying, the Lord was speaking. The Lord is saying, it's coming from the highest authority in heaven and the highest authority on earth. Next, he says, even the captives of warriors will be released. In other words, captives are our children. And the problem is that they are in the hands of the warriors, or another translation says, the hands of the mighty. This is talking about satanic powers. But Jesus said, even the captives of the mighty or the warriors will be taken away from them. And God is saying he's ready to start to pull the captives away from the hands of these satanic powers. And then he next says, from the plunder of the tyrants or in another translation, the prey of the enemy. Again, these are our loved ones, the ones we are praying for. He is making reference to them that they are captives, number one, and they are the prey of the enemy, number two. The word captive, listen very carefully. You're going you're to be amazed. The word captive in the ancient language has a root part of it that just blew my mind. Because it had two meanings to it. One was to take the sparkle away from the gem. To take the sparkle out of the diamond. That's what the enemy wants to do with your children. He wants to take the sparkle out of their life. To make them drug addicts. To make them uh, uh, live with worldly minds. 
The second part of that word is translated, not only take the, 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 the sparkle out of them, but the captive is also talked about someone who has missed their fortune. They call them misfortunate people. In other words, their fortune has been stolen from them. Two things happen when our children go captive. The sparkle, that, that glow from God in their life is taken captive away from them. And they're frightened with everything. Frightened with the world. Frightened with the temptations. Then their fortunes are taken away from them. See, because you are blessed as a parent, they're blessed. But what is, the, what, what is the objective of the enemy? To take their fortune away from them. To take their blessings and rob them of their blessing. But God says, I'm talking now. This is coming from the highest authority. I am going... To destroy the most mightiest of devils. And how do I do that? Because I'm mightier than any devil or demon. They have to contend with me. You're not going to save them. You're not going to give them the sparkle back. You're not going to give them the fortunes back. God is going to step in. And he said, uh-uh, come on back home. Come home. Come back. Come back. Satan, I put you back where you belong. Come on, give him praise and give him glory this morning. That's a wonderful, wonderful promise. That God says, my, my very own words I'm giving to you. These, these are, I will fight the enemy and save your children. I'm going to defeat that enemy and they will have salvation. They'll be with you here not only in church, but in heaven. Promise number eight. Isaiah 54, verse 13. Are you with me? All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. Promise number eight. God's peace will be upon your children. God's peace will be upon your children. See, after you've contended with the enemy, after they've struggled with the temptations of this world and with the devil, what does God give them? But peace. No more war. No more struggles. Isn't that what the great shepherd says? I lead you by the still waters. And by the pastures that are green, I lead you as your shepherd. And Jesus said, the result of me stepping in, of my father stepping in and defeating the enemy for your children, is I'm going to give them my peace. I give to them. Peace of mind. What you cannot buy for them. You can send them to counselors, you can send them to, to psychologists and psychiatrists, but the peace of God passes the understanding of man. And God's promise that your children shall know His Word, and great will the, be the peace of God over their lives. This is what you can use in prayer. 
Lord, teach my children about who you are and how great you love them. That's what you can pray. Lord, teach them about who you are and how great you love them. This should be also an inspiration to Sunday school teachers in this church. And Sunday school leaders. This should be a church's responsibility also. That God has given us the privilege to take part in fulfilling this promise about teaching and instructing God's precious children. Do you hear me? Leaders, children's workers. What a privilege. You are fulfilling God's word and instructing them. See, because the world wants to instruct them. The world wants to wants to uh, uh, cause them, uh, 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 you know, a deep questioning about who they are and where they're going and why they're here and all these things. The other day, my grandson came to me and said, what is this? And I thought, well, why is he asking that question? Because he was playing with some children in the, in the community there, and they said this phrase to him, and it perplexed him. He didn't know what they were talking about. And it was, it was it was something that, uh, you know inappropriate. And they want and, and and again, in the schoolyard. And on the streets. What are they? What has been taught to us? But God says, "No. I want to renew your mind. I want to I want to put my word in there that will bring peace to you." That will cause you not to, to argue and quarrel anymore and war against each other, but cause you to have peace with one another. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Promise number nine. Isaiah 60, verse four. Let me go a little quicker. Lift up your eyes around about you and see. All they gathered themselves together. They came to you. Your son shall come from afar and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Promise number nine. Your children will receive the nourishment of God's word. The nourishment of God's word. In other words, they will receive the nourishment of the word of God. And one day they're going to say to you, Mom, Dad, I want to go to church with you. One day they're going to say that. Dad, take me to church with you. Grandma, Grandpa, I want to go with you to your church. I want to worship God with you. This is a promise to pray that they will be right by your side in the presence of the Lord and in the house of the Lord, worshiping and praising God together. And the Holy Spirit will nourish them as he nourishes you. What a wonderful promise. In fact, one translation says the daughters will be brought back on the hip. And what that was meaning, that they would be nourished at the mother's breast. And so you're going to be carrying your little child and they'll be nursing, but you're going to be coming back. And as, you're a nur as you are getting nourished by God, you will be giving nourishment to them. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. And so our faith must be developed, but we develop it with patience. Now, let me close. We develop it with patience. You can pray these promises, but remember, God's timetable is not our timetable. 
That's what matters. His timetable. We can't say, well, I've been praying for a year for my daughter, for my son, for my grandchildren, and I haven't seen anything happen yet. Don't give up. In fact, stop right there and realize that if you give up, you lose. You lose. I've been praying for them and praying for them and praying for them. Nothing's happening. In fact, they're getting worse. So I quit. I give up. You lose. That's not what God is promising. You're going to lose. God says, I'm going to defeat the enemy. God says, I'm going to give them peace. God says, I'm going to nourish them. God says, they're coming back to you. God says, I'm going to do all these things. And then you give up. I give up. It's too hard. They're getting old already. You cannot give up. It's persistent determination is the key to victory. Let me remind you. Persistent determination is the key to victory. You've got to seek the Lord till you find Him. Jesus said, ask... Seek and knock. In other words, don't give up. You've been asking, nothing happens. Well, have you been seeking? No, I didn't even try to seek. Start seeking. I'm seeking, but I don't see anything. Did you knock? I didn't even know you could knock. Try everything. Isn't that the way when you go to Vegas and put a quarter in the machine? They got buttons. They got a stick you pull. You can play one quarter, three quarters, five quarters. People say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fool this machine. I'm going to put one quarter in and I'm going to press the button. Nothing. Okay, next one, I'm going to put one quarter and pull the stick. Nothing. Now I'm going to put, okay, now I'm going to change it up. I'm going to really, uh, you know, I'm going to outsmart this computer. Now I'm going to put uh, one quarter, press the button, and the stick. I'm changing machines. There are people, they label people, the, 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 the wandering gamblers. Because they wander from machine to machine trying to hit. Isn't it great that we don't have to do that when it comes to praying to the Lord? We can ask, we can seek, we can knock. We say, Lord, we're going to do everything you've said in the Word. We don't have to wander. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to, we don't have to you know, outsmart the machine. God, we cast our cares to you. Because you care for us. And finally, promise number 10. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded for you have need of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Promise number 10. 
Hold on to God's promises and never give up. Lift your hand and say with me, I will never give up praying for my children. In Jesus' name. Pray and hold on to that word. God tells us in Isaiah 55, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return back empty or void, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it out to do. That's confidence that we can have, that we can leave this service this morning. Confidence that God is in control, that God's promises I'm going to hold on to these promises until they become fulfilled, until, until I see the reality of them take place. And God's word says it'll never come back void. Turn with me finally to Mark chapter 9. Let me, let me share with you something to encourage you now. Mark chapter 9, verse 4. I'm going to read it for the sake of time. And when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law... Michelle, you can play... They saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing, arguing with them. As soon as the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran and greeted him. So look, look, look at this situation. They're in the church. A lot of arguing going, a lot of spiritual arguing going on. The disciples are all involved with it. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes into the church house. And the people understand that the atmosphere has changed. Jesus is here. And they're overwhelmed with wonder, the, the phrase. That's what the phrase is, overwhelmed with wonder. And they ran to greet him. And Jesus asked the question in verse 16, what are you arguing with them about? And he asked... A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed them of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. And, I, and listen to what he says. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Here is a papa. Here is a father that is watching his son right before him. Possessed with the devil. And at any time, the devil would throw him on the ground and foaming at the mouth and gnashing his teeth and in, 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 in complete, utter helpless the father was. You ever been in that situation? As a parent, you are completely, utterly helpless to help your child, your son, your daughter, your grandchildren. Utterly helpless. Your hands are tied. Don't know what to do. You get the idea. I'll, I'll take him to church. And Jesus arrives. Thank God for that. 
arrived at the right time. Isn't that what you need this morning, him to arrive here today? Forget Pastor Bruce, forget all that, I'm, that everything else of, of this. But Jesus needs to be here today. That's why you've come. That's why you've been drawn by God. That's why you've made the effort to come. Because Jesus would be here today, an encounter with God. And the Father began to explain to Jesus face to face. I brought my son to your disciples, but they could not cast out the demon. And as helpless as I've been and how, how desperate we are, I want my son well. Please, Dr. Jesus. Please. And listen to the words of Jesus. You unbelieving generation. Who's he talking to? He's talking to those disciples. When the Spirit saw Jesus immediately threw the boy into a convulsion, he fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at his mouth. The devil, in full demonstration to Jesus, you think you're bad? Here. I have control of this child. This child does what I tell it to do. It breaks my heart to even think of my child, to think of my, my grandchildren, to think of you and your children. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has this been? And the father answered from a little boy, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire, water to kill him, Jesus. Can't... <laughs> See, you can't you can't feel the you can't feel the emotion in this black and white page. But let me feel it for you. I've seen him in the water, Jesus. I've seen him in the fire, Jesus. What was he saying? I've seen him in every miserable situation of life. I've been a witness of it, Jesus. And it breaks my heart to be His parent. That's when you say, I wish I could take their place. I, I wish that devil would come on me. I wish that disease would come on me. I wish that affliction would come on me. I wish that circumstance would come on me. I wish that addiction would come on me. I'll take it. For my son, my daughter. And the father said, take pity on us and help us. You notice how he said us? Not just his boy. Because he was, he was blood. And then he says, if you can, said Jesus. Now Jesus is going to talk to the daddy. If you can, 
Everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me to overcome my unbelief. I believe. Immediately the boy's father said, I do believe. Help me overcome. Now let me finish. When Jesus saw that crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. And he said, you deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. Would you stand? Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, oh man, Jesus is, is there. He's on the scene in the church. The daddy said, help my unbelief. I do believe. Jesus encouraged him and said, everything is possible for those that will believe. I know you believe this morning, but lift up your hand right now. Say, Lord, help my unbelief. I believe with all my heart though right now, right now for my son, my daughter, my grandchildren, my, my grandson, my uh, my godsons, my, my nieces. My, I believe you right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. But let me tell you something. Get ready. Get ready. Because it's not coming out. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Of one last struggle of demonstration that it's a spirit of the devil. There was a last manifestation. Threw him on the ground. Yelled out. Convulsed. When that devil comes out, don't be alarmed when it manifests itself. Because that's going to be the last, the last, the last time it will ever torment or help to destroy your children. It will come out, but it will come out shrieking, yelling. You know why it does that? Look at Pastor. Because it's being evicted. It's being evicted. Do you hear me? It's being evicted. Right now, it's being evicted over your children in the name of Jesus. If God's speaking to you, I want you to come right now for your children. I want to pray for your parent. I want to pray for your grandma, for grandpa. I want to pray for you right now.